0: This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. PlayStation.
1: Beyond. 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 I don't know why I did jazz hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Podcast Beyond episode 540. My name is Marty Sleeve. I'm joined by Brian Altano. Brat brat. Jonathan Dornbush. Partum. <laughs> and a lot of beers uh, we have a really good show uh, planned for you today this is the first week in a long time we're not talking about God of War uh, but luckily we have a God of War spoiler cast what
2: with did,
3: Corey yeah, I mean, I know there. that's what we all want to talk
1: about <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about it at some point uh, but I just wanted to give a heads up that we do have a God of War uh, spoiler cast with Corey
3: every time that someone says God of War I still think they're saying
1: God of War like the Pokemon
3: oh yeah God of War that'll be up later it's this week American accent. Uh, yeah a little bit
1: but today we are talking about Detroit: Become Human. Uh, Alana got to play quite a bit of it uh, in France for the IGN First. So we'll talk about that. Valve acquired the uh, Firewatch developers Campo Santo, so we're going to talk about what that means for the future of in the Valley of Gods, right. as well as other Valve games. Uh, and then we got some news on the Final Fantasy VII remake, as well as uh, spoilers of the next BioShock game. Ooh, yeah. It's, it's always
4: weird that we're like, like everyone is playing God of War right now, and we're like, well, we we did that. Yeah, we'll, we'll come there back later. Other, but yeah, yeah. yeah. No, remember that uh,
3: happening with Horizon Zero Dawn and people yep. in the office being like, I know you've all played it, but remember the world is now just playing it. And it's, I don't know. I think it's been really fun to play God of War and then have it come out and re-experience it with everyone mm-hmm. and you yeah. know like getting all the tweets about it and being like I just got to this part it's like yeah. it feels like it's a community totally. that's playing it now
2: it's, it's really awesome. It's so hard to have talked about it in these vague notions for two weeks even with people in the office and be like man when you get to that part or mm-hmm. man that character is very mm-hmm. cool and now people you can actually just say this thing was awesome yeah, this but, thing pe-
1: was but people do know who have played it that that's why we had to sort of walk in eggshells because yeah. like yeah. it is such a special experience getting to certain things for the first yep. time and we all got to get to it not knowing about it mm-hmm. so we want to make sure everyone else could too.
4: Yeah, I saw this kicking around Twitter, but I'll, I guess I'll retweet it in person on this show, but uh, <laughs> That's how that works. Don't, I'll echo the sentiment. Um, don't look up trophy lists mm-hmm. if you're like vaguely interested in the way that the sort of narrative unfolds in this game. I know like that part of your brain is sort of like, but I want to know about the trophies. They're great. They're, they're there. Yeah. You'll find them. And um, as if someone... you care about the story, don't look it up because it spoils a lot.
2: Oh, absolutely. And as someone who has platinumed it, like it is an achievable platinum. So don't feel like you need to look it up in the middle of your adventure. Sure. Yeah. like you'll be okay mm-hmm.
4: i, I also playing. saw a lot of people being like
2: you think i should get a playstation for this
4: yes yes yep yeah yeah, yeah totally based if,
2: on my score i would say yeah. yeah maybe also if you don't
4: have one by now like I, either you're you don't care
3: the or, list or of reasons to get one, one is so long you, yeah there's yeah. so many
4: reasons i yeah. mean i, I would have had i would have told you to buy one two months ago with bloodborne being free that's yeah. a good
1: place to start. I, or three years ago out. when yeah. bloodborne came right. out yeah 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 definitely get one yeah, God of War, yeah, God of War is just another reason.
4: Enjoy, yeah. we are at the top of the wave right now. Everyone loves the game. We are a few days away from, from the backlash. From the, the, backlash. Yep. Yeah. the inevitable think pieces about why it's hateful to animals and <laughs> it's just mean I in mean, general. I thought Poor about
3: seagulls. writing something that was like, Everyone's talking about how amazing it is. Here's the stuff that I don't like about it. And yeah. None of my complaints are very deep, and I thought about doing that, but it was like, you know what? I don't want to get that abuse. I'm not going to write that because I, I don't mean, want to like, get yelled at. So,
1: what is one thing you guys, without going to spoilers, is there like something you kind of hate about? The no, game? actually, when we were
4: not to throw you under the
2: bus, Jonathan, we were
4: having sure. a discussion. We always have the discussion about he
1: threw me under a bus, <laughs> an
4: actual <laughs> literal bus. bus. Uh, we were talking about like you know uh, how a game gets a ten here yeah. at IGN, and it's obviously it's, it's a big process. Um, and for this game, a bunch of people here had finished it, and we all sort of like talked about what we liked and didn't like um, and for me I was one of the few people on staff that was probably like I don't think it's a 10 I think it's very very high 9 sure. Yeah. Um, which again that's a fantastic How dare you score the game. it's an yeah. amazing score but uh, I did find it. I found some pacing issues towards the end and I found like w- there was one sequence spe- uh, specifically which I felt like was a little repetitive and a little mm. sort of long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt like it got a little. I, think I, I
3: can almost guess what that is. It's, yes, uh, because I, I didn't feel like there were any of those issues, but there's yep. one place that people have been talking about. Yeah, I yeah. Know,
4: yeah. Zach I and I were talking about the game on Saturday, and yeah,
1: yeah I, I agree with that. Yeah,
4: but yeah. um, I mean, I I adore it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's my
3: complaints the level system. Uh, I had so much XP and so little abilities that I actually cared about. Oh right. Um, some right. of the abilities that you can unlock with things that I actively didn't want like mm-hmm. it would be like do this and you push enemies further away and I'm like no no I want them to be closer to me because oh, right. that's hard so yeah. that that was my biggest thing is I had a lot of XP not a lot of drive to keep uh, upgrading but that ultimately doesn't matter because they could have just given me those abilities whenever they wanted and I would still enjoy the game mm-hmm. so it's like it's not a huge flaw but it's a thing sure. that's like I didn't really care about this one. I
1: definitely <laughs> fell for my abilities pretty early like right. the ones I gravitated towards in the first couple hours are the ones I ended up using like late game mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I think uh going off of both what Alana you said and Brian and Marty, every, what everyone said, uh, like the discussion over the 10 is, there are, I had minor issues of with the two, but yeah, it, of course. and again, 10 is not, we talked about this on the live stream I did with it for a bit, it's not perfect. It's Nothing's not saying this is a perfect game. It's For me, it was a masterpiece, and we had those discussions, and talking to people who did have larger issues with it than me is enlightening mm-hmm. and helping to narrow down to that score. A we
4: did We did a thing on Up at Noon recently, you can go check, it's the newest episode. It was like, we wanted to turn it into like a breakout. It turned out to be like a 25-minute piece. It was like, <laughs> Half the episode. But we talked about um, the 10 games that IGN has given a 10 to this generation and how well we think they're going to scale in like 20, 30 years, sort of piggybacking off of the top 100 games of all time list that IGN just did. And I was seeing some comments from people being like, Mario, Super Mario World, like, you're only saying that because it's a classic like The Last of Us is better. And I was sort of like, well, I'm going to push back against that because I think like a game like Super Mario World ages better or has aged better than, mm. say, The Last of Us. And it got me thinking about God of War, the most recent game we gave a 10, and how I really feel like it's going to be sort of like this generation's Resident Evil 4 in that Mm -hmm. I will be able to play it 10 years Mm -hmm. from now because I think that the the gameplay in it is better than The Last of Us. I will say that. I I completely
2: agree with that. I I felt
3: felt like... Well, because (laughs) people love The Last of Us and that is dangerous. Of course. I agree the gameplay is...
2: more satisfying yes no the last of us was one of my favorite games last generation the gameplay here blew me away yeah Yeah.
4: and i think when we look at how games age over time the thing that makes you go back to them the most is gameplay i think that Mm -hmm. cinematics uh like it that's important that's a big aspect of it i think that like when you talk about a game like resident evil 4 um which i always do like like (laughs) legally supposed to every every five (laughs) minutes uh the, that game has a lot of cutscenes. they're kind of hokey and kind of goofy but w- what comes ma- makes me come back to that game is how, how satisfying it is to play mm-hmm. and I think God of War totally nails that yeah. um, and so I think 10 years from now we'll be playing it again they'll remaster yeah. it and we'll still be talking about it so I think
3: it yeah. will go down as a classic for sure yes. yeah. Um, yeah. same as Breath of the Wild though I suppose like those are two games that like mm-hmm. games are going to have a hard time existing after these games and God of War especially because of the way the open world is very interconnected is a thing that a lot of games try to do but fail at yeah. and that yeah. everything that is there, the the space is physically there. Like everything you see on that map is there and loops back on itself and they had to design that. And so many games try to do that and end up having to have cutscenes. And and,
4: it doesn't work, yeah. Yeah, and
3: they did that really, really, really well.
4: Yeah, I saw Miranda's tweet about Miranda Sanchez here at IGN about how that game sort of feels like Tomb Raider in that there's like small areas and the big areas you can explore, but there's a narrative purpose behind everything you collect in that game yeah, and everything I mean, do. Almost
3: every word that's said, I mean. Yeah. That yeah.
4: yeah. so yeah. we weren't going to talk about, got here right. <laughs> And also, um, your your tweet, Alana, about how like, you know, kind of like watch out Red Dead. Like that's the other big one yeah. this it year. Would
3: be, I don't know. I, I'm, I have no doubt that Red Dead is going to be an incredible game. I got so many angry responses to that tweet. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's a Rockstar game. It's going to be incredible. But it's the same as, like, Red Dead 1 wasn't Game of the Year. Mass Effect 2 was. And mm. I feel like this is the Mass Effect 2. And that that was 2010, I think, which is, yeah. like, that's an insane year anyway. Whereas it's it's not... I would be surprised if any other game comes out this year that I like more than God of War because this is one of my favorite games of the past decade. Same. So it's I mean, like, it's how same. do you beat that?
1: Yeah. We didn't give GTA Five game of the year. We gave Last of Us game of the year. Yeah, so. it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean... It's tough competition. It's it's very tough. I don't
3: think GTA tough. Four got it either. It was, it
1: was no. no, I don't think so. Back in 2008, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, Red Dead will sell probably 500 copies better. and sure. billions of dollars but I think like the the perception is that um I think like really heavily story-driven games look, kind of stick with people more not to say that Red Dead won't have that obviously mm-hmm. but it's also going to have like a big robust online mode and mm-hmm. stuff like that it'll people will come to it for different reasons but I think people are all coming to God of War for the same stuff yeah
3: and um, I think GTA 5 is one of the best games ever made but I yeah. don't have an emotional attachment to GTA 5 the way I do with Mass Effect 2 no That's I didn't kind of the difference mm-hmm.
4: I didn't cry when I finished GTA
3: 5 right you know yeah mm-hmm. or an any
2: point no. really no. yeah <laughs> great game uh, you didn't cry while playing tennis only the tennis the, yeah.
1: just, i did okay. because i'm very bad at <laughs> it's Just made you cry uh like we said we didn't talk about god of war yeah uh, we did it. sorry about that
4: just uh, nine minutes quick <laughs> off the top no. how you doing
1: um but yes getting to our main topic uh playstation game that's coming out in about a month is detroit become human that's coming out on uh, may 25th uh alana you just streamed a bit of the game as well as you got to play a couple hours of the game and you did our ign first
3: yeah so i uh just streamed the demo which is out tonight so by yep. the time you hear the show it'll be out um that is just the corner demo, which we've already seen a million times. But even playing it just then with Max, the VOD will be up on YouTube. There were things that I hadn't seen before.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I've played it three times. I've now played it uh, seven times, and we still didn't unlock every possible ending in the oh, whole thing. And that's what Detroit is. It's just a series of choices. And I directly asked David Cage when I did the IGN first. I was like, gamers have been burnt on the idea that every choice matters, um, like Telltale Games. Gamers don't right. believe that sales pitch anymore. What do you have to reassure those people? And he was like, I can't say how anyone's going to react, but the script is 4000 pages long, which is so much more than any screenplay. And he was like talking about it being a nightmare to QA test, because how do you QA test? The the problem is like, sure, you have a choice every scene, but you actually have 10 tiny choices, which build into a bigger choice, which builds into a bigger choice. And say a character dies early on in the game, you won't see them later in the game when they would have appeared. And it's like, it's huge. It really is huge. Um, And I, I can't tell you that the ending's going to pan out, but when I asked the devs how many endings there were, none of them could answer me. What? Yeah, (laughs) not one. Every single time I said, how many endings does this game have? And they're all in completely different interviews. It's not like this was rehearsed. They're all thinking. David Cage says, uh, I don't know, a lot. Uh, Another (laughs) one was like, that depends what you define as an ending. The interview cuts, and he goes do you want me to actually find the number? I think it's floating around in an email somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Like, they don't know how big it is. Ah, That's how big it is. And it, it, it really does feel that way. Every single thing that you do, there are scenes that you can completely skip that you won't even get a certain scene or even meet a certain character because you didn't make the choices that led that way. But at no point does it feel poorly paced. It always feels like, It never feels like you missed anything if you did. You wouldn't know until you saw the thing afterwards, and then you're like, wait a minute, what did I miss? And it conveniently lets you just hit X to replay a scene. So you can replay whatever you want. And the way that David Cage suggests playing through it, and the way that I'm going to play through it, and I imagine a lot of people will, is just have one full playthrough. Finish it your way. Make all the choices you would make. I'm already struggling with the idea that I made a choice in my preview that I'm like, am I going to make the same one? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Because there's a character who died that I, like, felt really responsible about, but the conflict I've been having for the past month since I played it is, okay, but what if I save him and then he hates me because of what I had to do to save him, mm. which is worse, him dying or him hating me? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a lot and of pressure. Did you
1: start from the beginning? Like, Did you have all of start the context? The okay, so you had all the context people will have when they get to that point.
3: The, I, I, Ish. The, the start of the game is the corner demo. That's the beginning oh, of the that's game. Really? Oh, interesting. Okay. Him know, the coin in the elevator is yeah, the start. Of the game. So saw, when yeah. people
1: play this
4: tonight on PS4, this, they'll... Played the beginning of the game like anybody else would yeah. mm-hmm. okay awesome so the the thing that's sort of like kind of gray about the whole idea of choices is that um not you they're not always necessarily choices right like sometimes you hesitate in a cutscene and a character dies or gets hurt that's the, that's the way heavy rain unfolded was like there was which had a quantifiable amount of endings 13 i believe was the number yeah. 11 11 12 or 13 because um, i remember greg miller uh doing the guide for that game or doing a, a piece on all the yeah. endings and it was sort of like it's like, oh my god, you have a lot more patience than I do. Uh, but one of my favorite things about that game was talking to people like Greg and other people, having those water cooler conversations about, you know, what we did and how we interacted with stuff. And a lot of people, uh, like, who weren't. That great at the game. I watched them play in front of me, and like they're in a fight. The guy wins the fight that they're they're fighting against, and he runs off. And he's just a goddamn threat later <laughs> in the game. And so that's not really a choice as much as it is like, oh, thing I didn't hit happen. square. No, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. a
3: consequence. But it doesn't have as much QTEs as okay. I think previous games have. That's good to hear. But I still think it's similar to that. um It is definitely like Heavy Rain in style, and that's the thing is like. They have two modes for it as well as I'm sure my sister will play this game. She likes Heavy Rain. She played Heavy Rain. And this is she's not a gamer, but she's totally gonna play this game and like be able to like talk to me about oh wait, that happened for you? Like what happened with this part? But right. I think that the the idea is that there are too many questions that you could never even understand someone else's playthrough really because there are too many questions you could ask about like what about this part what about this part it's just too big um and again (sighs) they're like we haven't even known how to qa test this like we don't know how to do it because how do you follow the exact same path when there's a thousand choices right right i don't know that all of them are going to be impactful or anything but it is um really really impressive and uh another thing that i really like about it is they hired a dp so they had a director of photography who has only ever worked like, in Hollywood on mm-hmm. films and TV shows and stuff like that. So each character, because there are three playable characters, are shot differently and lighted differently. And they oh, have different cool. grain and different cameras. So Connor, who is basically a really high-tech android who acts as a detective... Uh, He has like white and blue are his colors. Um, His camera is quite steady and just like follows him around environments, but it's also wide so you can see things because he's a detective. Uh, His soundtrack, each one of them has a different composer. That's really cool. His soundtrack's like really like tech heavy and and kind of techno-y and sounds really cool. Um, And then you go to Kara, who the idea of her is that she's framed within frames within frames. So the camera is like oppressing her all the time. Mm. So She looks small and like is really boxed into environments kind of to like mimic what's happening to her in the story because she's probably like the most empathetic character and is just trying to protect someone. That's awesome. Her colors are yellow and green. She's got like a tight grain. And then Marcus's camera is supposed to be like a cam because he's the leader of this revolution. So his is like more shaky and kind of erratic. And his colors are red and orange and yellow, which is supposed to be because of like the Olympic torch is what they wanted like it to like remind you that he is like <clears throat> this beacon of something, mm-hmm. basically trying to accomplish something. So I think even that is like, there's so much detail. They all have different composers. They all have been shot and lit in different cameras and it's it's just so much thought went into this one i thing.
4: I, I appreciated how sort of filmic that is because that yeah. was what was it not was traffic not the movie traffic not yeah. the, the, Soderbergh movie. the one what am i talking about it's the where it's the, the basically traffic. yeah every time they, <laughs> show, they went in different places in that movie they oh the drug trafficking movie weren't there two movies named traffic no there's traffic no. There's just traffic. There's just traffic. Yeah. Am I thinking of the wrong movie? Are you thinking okay, of like anyway.
1: City of God or something? Or? No, yeah. yeah. This,
4: I'm, I'm I'm thinking of or, like um, this, a drug trafficking movie where every time they went to Mexico, it was like red and orange, mm-hmm. and they went back to America and it was like it was like dark blue and navy. Breaking and
3: Bad like did a really
4: Breaking yeah, Bad is yeah. a, a really yeah. good job. The of that.
2: color wheel of Breaking Bad. Is yeah, kind of just, yeah. By like,
4: character by character. Yeah, mm-hmm, by which character. Is, yeah, um, yeah which is, really similar. Yeah, it's such a subtle thing that you don't really pick up on it in video games a lot i mean yeah. everyone has different colors in video te- games it's like red team versus blue team and stuff like that but sure. this is
1: like it's there for a reason yeah it's there to make you feel something without realizing you're mm-hmm. feeling yeah something. but yeah. it's
3: also like Kara's lights. light she has those i think they call like tungsten lights so mm-hmm. they are yellowy whereas like the lights in the places Connor goes to are a lot more so interesting. and like they just had to set everything really specifically to make these characters so it's like
1: not even color based It's like literally how they're lit like you said of dp yeah. yeah yeah that's so cool yeah all of it i um, keep
4: i keep like sort of I don't know, kind of tucking this game in my back pocket and just not really thinking too much about it and just keeping my hype levels sort of at a distance. And like, It's not
3: perfect. Right, right. Um, I I think the tech is really impressive and there's a lot of effort put into making it feel the way that it does and I'm very, very, very excited to play it. But uh, there are still some things that I think are really silly. Like the one example I give is you go to a crime scene as Connor and um, you're there with the detective who you, he's basically just like, tell me what happened. And so you walk around getting clues because Connor can like rebuild things. That's the way that his tech works. And then at the end, the detective you're with uh, basically like quizzes you and is like, all right, hotshot Android because he hates androids because they all do. And he's a grizzly alcoholic detective because, of course, he is. And he gives you a quiz and you have to answer it. And there's like a slight delay. So it'll be like he was attacked with the and then you select it. And one of the things is he was stabbed with the knife and the detective is like wow you're pretty smart but it's like he's clearly got 19 stab wounds and is lying <laughs> right. next to a bloody knife
4: yeah and what else like, would he really he had been stabbed
3: <laughs> why are you impressed <laughs> so it's like this stuff like that that's just like okay it's like a little bit silly i mean had I'd, had be Im- I'd
4: be impressed if it was a spoon like that takes yeah. some work Definitely wow he's was killed with a spoon that <laughs> yeah. was
3: clearly there it's like nothing that connor does in that situation is particularly smart but
4: is the, is the voice acting good
3: I like Connor's voice acting. Oh, well. good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, oh, good. Because exactly.
4: that, that was, I think that, that was, was a little... big worry from Heavy Rain. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think Beyond Two Souls also, although they got some really high caliber people in that game. Um, but the sort of all over the place, like the children in, Be- in Heavy Rain were clearly French. Clearly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that, like the one guy just said origami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <The> origami <laughs> killer. Yeah.
3: No, I, I think yeah. the voice acting is pretty solid. Um, it also like my biggest complaint. This is a thing that I think I've spoken about being worried about on the show before. Is it? it doesn't control great. Um, Mm, you fight with the controls a lot and that's just like trying to bend down and like, Oh, I guess you didn't angle the joystick perfectly or whatever. Or like, swiping on something. The most annoying thing, every time that it happened, I screwed it up, was uh, moments where it tells you to lift the controls. So you physically have to move the jewel shock up. To oh, right. And every time it. I'd be like,
4: Yeah, oh, come I can't on. believe that's yeah. still, that stuff's still happening. Yeah, still yeah, that's odd. been
2: pervasive for them.
1: So, I, I mean, Heavy Rain. Ex- I would
3: think PlayStation maybe be awesome to do it. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. Like no
1: one else is using this the yeah. way that we hoped it would be used yeah. because it's annoying. Yeah. Or this they Heavy started too. They started yeah. developing yeah.
4: this game back
1: when this was still a thing. I mean, remember, yeah. like nothing could be as bad as Beyond Two Souls like Controlling the Ghost like yeah, that, that was. I imagine I mean, heavy
3: rain was bad too, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. But didn't like,
2: you have to walk with a trigger, and then? A- well, yeah. I feel like they were very yeah, yeah I think but right. extra steps you had yeah. to take but Heavy
4: Rain controls. also did some pretty smart stuff with um, sort of purposely making the controls obtuse yeah. like when you get in a car accident in that game yeah. having to sort of like struggle out of the seatbelt to reach the latch they did all this stuff where you're like yes. they made you hold the controller in a way I've never held a controller before because it was purposely supposed to feel awkward and so difficult. that's the thing that they've done yeah. in
3: this as well we got a uh, exclusive gameplay clip actually that should be up on the site right now roll it uh, no that's all. <laughs> <of> <laughs> Mass grave, and basically, it's a comedy. Try to avoid. <laughs> try to avoid any spoilers. It's going to be hard to talk about it. But uh, a character has basically like been torn apart and thrown into this android junkyard where all these androids are like decaying and like reaching out to you and like begging you not to let them die. And it's like it's pretty brutal. But um, you start there with your optics disabled and like one of your audio receptors disabled and whatever powers you disabled. So basically as you're supposed to be feeling the struggle of the character, like climbing to like find a new leg to lip, rip off another Android to put on yourself. It makes you press buttons in the way that it feels like a struggle. And I think that's the thing that they do very smartly. Um, yeah. Cause it's not QTEs. So it's not like there's a timer. There is some of the dialogue stuff. But this is just like a like you have to press the right thing and do it at the right time. And they I don't know. It feels like they pick the right part of the controller to make you press at a certain time to make you feel like you are going through the struggle the character is going through. Mm.
1: It makes sense there. Like put yourself in the role of this character if you're in a car crash or in a mass grave like that makes sense. But if I'm like bending down to pick up a glass Uh, of water. It's it's
3: just like it's awkwardly precise (laughs) is what it is. And like I don't know. it It feels like it's more precise than a fighting game
1: that's
2: weird. And then
3: it's like why why do I have to do this multiple times? And I was yeah. worried about this before it came out and then it really is like that, but I think it's excusable and then I think this game is going to be fun enough to play through and to talk to everyone about that I'll like tolerate it, but it's certainly not perfect. And yeah, it's it's just kind of weird to me that they haven't figured that out yet. Does this feel uh, like
4: it'll be fun in like group settings like the way Until Dawn was.
3: So I'm thinking about like organizing a let's play in this, for sure in the same way as Until Dawn, but um I was thinking about doing it with Max actually where one of us is trying to kill everyone and one of us is trying to keep everyone alive. So like, yeah. <laughs> say he's trying to keep every character alive and I'm trying to kill every single one of them. Right. And we get to make every second choice. So yeah. we're just fighting with each other instantly. <laughs> so I think, I think that that would be super, I love the idea of like
1: having, having to clean up other people's messes. Right. Yeah. Um, so does it like some of the themes, at least like at a superficial level, feel like they're similar to Westworld. Which I know a lot of people are watching. Season two just started. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly it does deal just with like sentience and AI and androids and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get any similar vibes? Like, does does Kara seem like a Dolores to you? I guess without coming mm-hmm. to spoilers of that show.
3: Not really. I think that uh, Westworld is about that universe and the way that that universe functions, mm-hmm. whereas Detroit is about humanity. Um, and they try to make Detroit a game that's, that they say, like, we try to make a sci-fi game that is not sci-fi, that doesn't feel like sci-fi, just happens to be the world in the future. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like it's, you know, Westworld and it has this, like, full system and this full plot built around it. It's just these androids going deviant is what they call it and just, like, screwing up and just wanting to be human and just that struggle of, it's more about, yeah, human reflections and human values. <laughs> it's way more of, like, a parallel for just, like, blatant racism than it yeah. is for the way that Westworld tackles it right
4: um, so it's a little more blade runnery
3: i guess yeah probably more blade runner than westwald i would say because um, like by
4: 2049 they're you know they basically treat replicants like
3: yeah you know. it's I can't say how well it deals with those themes because I don't know um mm-hmm. but it definitely is more about like them wanting to feel like human. I, w- I would say it's yeah, more Blade Runnery more like parallel for racism for sure.
1: Cool. And then does cool. it Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, yeah. I I love
4: like dystopian sci-fi stuff like that, so mm-hmm. that's like I don't know, I'm I'm into that angle this if see if they handle it well. Yeah. To me like Westworld's one of those shows where at this point like I don't know I'm not rooting for anyone anymore yeah there's no there isn't a single likable character left everyone has is sort of morally ambiguous and you know it's sort of like who is the robot is it us (laughs) like, <laughs> shut up. i feel like the territory um, i still watch sword. it because it's, yeah it's a gorgeous bleak sci-fi so but
3: but. even announced season two that i don't think that show needed to season two because i think the first season is almost perfect i like. totally agree so i don't yep. even know if i want to watch it but. yep yeah detroit is definitely a human story where you're supposed to empathize with the androids and one thing that i i have a theory on this so it's not a spoiler because it's totally not confirmed um so connor being the smart android i think that he he can die multiple times in the game but he always gets reset. So he's rebooted. I don't think the other two are because they deviate really early. Oh. So Connor is hunting deviant androids. I assume he ends up hunting Kara and Marcus, meaning that he hasn't deviated for quite a long time. But if if he dies, he gets reset. If he lives in every circumstance, there's a thing on the screen that says, like, destabilizing or something along those lines. So I think that if you keep Connor alive and he hunts more and more androids and remembers every single one that he's hunted, that he is more likely to deviate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that based on the amount of androids that he's had to kill or mess up, that it's slowly messing him up. It's getting to him. In theory, if he dies every time you're resetting him every time. So maybe he will never deviate.
1: That's really interesting.
3: Which means that even if you screw up and accidentally kill him, you change how quickly he sides with the other two characters. Oh man, I, I don't know, but that's like kind of what I'm thinking, and I'm very intrigued by that. I
2: feel like that whole stabilization mechanic just opens them up to so many more threads. That for the yeah. plan for each scene, someone yeah. stabilizing or destabilizing with him, and yeah. what right. that means then for the future if he does that for three scenes, which yeah. not. My my big worry is just that obviously they've put as much work as they can into the script because so much of the game is the script. That it works, then it, it's successfully like enjoyable, even if. You you take one path versus another path like i wonder how you balance that to make sure if someone does every scene this way it can be just as enjoyable as doing every scene the other way so or there's mixing. one where i yeah. took
3: the simplest path yeah uh, unknowingly i just did the simplest thing and yeah. it was i guess because i was trying to save someone and i was just like i'm gonna do this because it seems obvious but it meant that i didn't talk to anyone in the environment i like very much hid from everything and like tried to like just do whatever was safe so for me, uh I would not have guessed that I had taken the simplest path if they didn't tell me. Okay. So I I don't know how it does that so well because it mm-hmm. it's still you know, I see the branches afterwards and I'm like, whoa, I could have done so much more. And they're like, Oh, yeah, you kinda wasted that scene. <laughs> like they didn't say that. <laughs> right. But it was like brought to me like, oh, you could have done so much more there. It sucks that you can't replay yeah. it because there's so many more options. But it never feels like at no point during that experience because the decision I had to make was still really hard, because it, mm-hmm. it like, you know, I felt very immersed in what I had chosen. It never felt like it, I was robbed. Um, so I, I, assuming that the weight of the choices is always equal, I don't think you'll ever feel that way. Mm-hmm. I can't say for a 12-hour yeah. game. Yeah. Right. But one thing is, I know if you you accidentally kill characters earlier, the game will be shorter, like by quite a bit oh, So yeah. if everyone dies, then you won't. Necessarily make it as far.
2: God, the yeah. the platinum for this game is going to. That's be how you night speed, That's ahead. how you speedrun it. Yes. I think David Cage <laughs> said like, and I don't remember this exactly,
3: so I don't want to be quoted on it. But I think he said that uh, the platinum would take like forty hours or so. Oh, okay. That's um, which isn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, but it might even be longer than that. I could I could look up if people are very curious about it and let me know. I could look up the the interview and like find. He meant four thousand. It. it was just. It could oh, yeah. be more yeah. than there were two zeros, right? But uh, I, th- yeah. I think the I think the game is supposed to be like twelve ish, but it can okay. be way longer or way shorter. Wow, I'm
4: actually really surprised that it's that long. Yeah, I'm kind of I was kind of hoping it was five
1: and that I can play through it three or four times. I mean, again, it sounds like 12 yeah. might just yeah. be an average. Well, and yeah. devs
3: usually lie about it. That's true. <laughs> usually you just huff whatever. They say. Well, well, except we right. thought
1: that was God of War's case and it wasn't. It, and then it wasn't turned out to be. A, yeah. yeah, I, I feel, feel like they like lowballed the on God of War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So, I d- yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I am really excited to play it and play yeah. it again and play it again. And I think
1: it's it's it is coming out at a really good time um, because A, it's far enough away from God of War to where I feel like most of us will be done with it by then. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to compete with that. Uh, But also, it's before E3, so... You know this game that's been at several E3s and PAXs and PSXs, uh, we'll finally be able to get it into our hands, finish it before the show, and then that way that lets us go into E3, to Sony's conference, seeing mm-hmm. new stuff and not seeing the same it's thing again. It's just
3: cool to have a thing that I think everyone can play and there's no part that's going to be too difficult for
1: anyone. Yeah. And you just make choices yeah. the whole time. I'm, yeah. actually, it's, yeah.
4: I'm super fascinated to see what Sony's E3 looks like without all of the big things that have been in the last three <laughs> E3s. Surely just surely
3: will Yes. 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 And Def- Hour yeah. of Spider Man. Hope so. Maybe that's yeah. Death Stranding, unless they save it for the game once again. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, mean, Earth, I mean. Day's gone. Yeah. Lost It was part two.
1: Ghost of Tsushima. Knack 3, naturally. Yeah. Don't, don't say that. Everyone, that. everyone NAC stop 4, it. Don't immediately NAC go to Knack 4, 4 either. Go on PSP. Knack yeah. Attack, make, the party game. you yeah. are not going to make Knack mm-hmm. either. Everyone's B- favorite, Knack yeah.
3: Racing. NAC, don't NAC, NAC, say Knack VR. VR.
1: That's just your inside stomach. I hope
3: Moxoni's not listening. Also, <laughs> a fun fact about Detroit. I'm in to stomach. Uh, Moxnani played <laughs> the game, and he's a really sweet man, and apparently he made a comment that was like, it's a shame about your depth of field. In Knack? No, in Detroit. Oh. And they were all... Crazy offended, they were like, What does he mean on oh, depth of field isn't good? So they rebuilt everything. Oh, they just were like, All right, we're fixing it. Moxone said it was not great, we're absolutely.
4: <laughs> I feel like that's like when, when Miyamoto walks into a room and he's like, Oh, put Star Fox characters in your dinosaur well. game. Like, oh, yeah.
2: like, what do you mean he doesn't jump that well? <laughs> what yeah. if you shook everyone's hand in a hospital at the end of Goldeneye? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have yeah. to rebuild the game.
4: <laughs> I still want that scene.
1: Yeah, I, I love so. the idea that like Mark certainly came into like Bloodborne early on and was like, Oh, this is a cute city. And Miyazaki's like, we can't make it cute. Rebuild <laughs> it. We gotta rebuild the uh, art and Make it messed up. Make everyone the horrible. The city looks
3: really dry. Yeah. 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 Like, you can make look wet. Make it look wet. Can't even make flaps
4: it look moist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> There's a lot of flaps this in the Arnhem. I don't know. There are know. a lot of flaps. Gotta miss it. Man, I hope we get Floodborne too. Yeah, me too.
0: That'd be
3: nice.
4: I hope we get something like that.
0: Attention, male beyond listeners. We have an important message from forhims.com. 66% of men experience hair loss by age 35. By the time most folks notice, it's usually too late. So if you've noticed your hairline slowly receding or bald spots popping up, why not do something about it right now? Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that maybe you're too embarrassed about to handle in person. That means no waiting room, no doctor visits, no snake oil pills or supplements that they sell behind the counter at gas stations. These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You just visit forhims.com, answer a few questions, and a doctor will review and prescribe accordingly. Then products are shipped directly and discreetly to your door. While supplies last, Beyond listeners can get a trial month for just five dollars when they head to forhims.com/beyond. This would cost hundreds of dollars from a doctor or pharmacy, so five bucks for your first month is a steal. Again, that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s.com/beyond. Thanks. Now back to the show.
1: Uh, well, you're in luck because there's something similar to that coming down the roads. Really? Nope, absolutely I, No, not. no nope. this is a bad segue. This was not a good Whoa. segue. A uh, over the weekend, some very unexpected news uh, came from uh, the developers uh, at Campo Santo who did Firewatch and are now doing in the Valley of Gods. Uh, they are officially employees of Valve. So uh, as of now, the, the name Campo Santo doesn't really exist, it seems like. So all of them are moving up to uh to Seattle to Bellevue, Bellevue uh and they are going to continue work on in the valley of gods nothing will change in that the team will stay together at valve but this will be a valve developed game and a valve published game um and the interesting about the thing about this is like a I think that's only good for this game, yes. Because um, it sounds like I mean we've we've interviewed Sean and Jake and people will and Chris. know what
3: this game is now because of this announcement. Because
1: yeah. of this announcement, totally. Yeah. And it sounds like like they wouldn't have made this move if they didn't have if they didn't know that they were going to have the autonomy to continue to make the thing that was right. their vision. Which um, I guess if you don't know, uh, in the Valley Gods was revealed during the Game Awards, and it's another first place puzzle narrative game uh, where you're two documentarians in the early 1900s who go to egypt to a lost uh tomb or temple to try to make a documentary i get the 90s. song from the trailer stuck in my it's head. so good Me the drums it's really and everything good. yeah it's such a good trailer god that's awesome um so the interesting thing about this is it's still set to be a 2019 game you imagine it might be easier for them because if anything they'll have a ton of qa yeah behind their backs, so they could still work on the game proper, and then they'll have Valve QA. Um, but my big question is, what happens to them after this? Do you think they can... Even
3: this doesn't make sense. My question yeah. is, why? Like, yeah. I, I think that that game's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the team a lot. Um, <laughs> why did Valve go for this? If yeah. you look at Portal, Team Fortress left for dead. If you look at those, Dota, yeah. Dota, why this game?
4: Um, why? that's. I mean, it's a really good question. I think It's surprising to us because this, uh, historically doesn't really happen in the medium of video games, but it's something we see a lot happen in music where like Mm. a band will in the middle of a project, switch record labels and then just have a new place to finish their album and put it out. Um, usually
3: like never does this. No,
4: that's where it gets odd. Uh, but what's weird about this is that like these guys aren't, they didn't finish their game and they're shopping it around for like a distributor. Mm they're still working on it and valve was like come work on it here and if you want to use our vo booth you can do that <laughs> and, like, and we get you get all these free steam games and stuff like that <laughs> you know uh, so I they find for the Dota too. yeah, yeah. They I deal with that
3: weird Valve culture where they like they don't have managers, they just have leaders mm-hmm. that are like chosen from yeah. the group. It's like, it's weird. Yeah, they don't yeah. have seats. They just have Hulk-y weird
4: balls. Thing. They probably sit on. Yeah, they, they might just, have seats. They just roll around like Iggy <laughs> Koopa all day. What's <laughs> <going. laughs> It's uh, yeah, I find I find that interesting, but I don't know. I mean, I think that like Valve is probably trying to diversify their portfolio, and they are trying to kind of like put out this array of games that, you know, that to be known for making games again. And the easiest way to do that is to get people who are making games mm-hmm. already rather than start yeah. developing from the ground up. Um
3: I just in my head, this means that, you know, with the way that they acquired portal that which I don't remember the name of it
1: Nebabacular drop. Something. It's a game.
3: Yeah. Uh, in the Valley of the Gods, must just have something incredible really that cool. we don't know about. it yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounded they like had- the, the thing they were gunning for is that you film a documentary inside the game. Right. Yeah. And if Valve saw that and was like, hey, what if we help you? turned that into a hook that's not just a cute thing like developing the photos in Firewatch, mm-hmm. but a, like, oh my god, other games are looking at this like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like, you've put Movie Maker inside of a video game.
4: Well, I mean, I think this is a good studio there to latch onto American. right now,
1: you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like,
4: this, yeah. they're also, I mean, we're forgetting, they're, they're making a Firewatch movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. that's, it's just, a it's a, it's a cool get yeah. For, yeah. for everyone involved. They, they I may mean, have... Valve's, I believe Valve's first game with these guys will be the Switch port
1: yeah is Valve's name going to be on that probably I mean at this point we'll I mean have that
3: weird man with the Valve is that yeah. going to be, yeah. gonna be how
1: weird it'd be to load up Firewatch on Switch and see the Valve logo I mean all of that makes no sense <laughs> yeah. anyway right like, yeah. I, it's and it's all I mean all yeah.
3: say it's a good get again is it even like I don't understand what Valve's doing right now they said that they miss making video games that they're envious of how Nintendo's able to do it and I get that um, and I totally think that this game is going to be cool and it's a cool place to start mm-hmm. but Steam makes so much money is it worth it
1: Maybe then, they had
2: a
3: killer it
2: it Portal Three pitch. <laughs> I mean,
1: maybe. Just, I, think I mean Sean Bannerman
3: in there
2: with dude, the Portal Three. I don't pitch. think I, I, that's that. I, no, insane. I, I wouldn't discount the idea that in after in the Valley of Gods they go to a famous Valve property. Like I would. I, that's not out maybe. of the question. I think so they maybe, had a but.
4: killer Quarter Four, <laughs> and they were like, "We have a ton of money. Let's spend it." Like that's let's, the thing yeah.
3: is the, the, Valve. They don't have reasons to really make games anymore. Steam just no. prints money. Well, I mm-hmm. mean,
4: for a couple of years, Netflix didn't have reasons to make shows, right? Like mm. they could just kind of sign deals with licensees and they could they bring a lot in of movie studios. Though.
3: Like sure there's origin. Yeah. But aside from that, there isn't a ton of competition other than Steam. And if you're an Indie yeah. dev, you're gonna publish on Steam anyway. They would have published this game on Steam anyway. I
4: mean, there's no competition on PC. I mean, except for like EA Origins or something something like that. But yeah. on on consoles on platforms, I mean there's they all this don't money. Have there. They can't even exist then. Yeah. But yeah. they're not made. like Valve isn't making any
1: money off of console games. True. Mm-hmm. But they will now. Yeah. You know? Well and I don't know, maybe you see it as future proofing talent for the next twenty years is that uh yeah. you know they Sean, a really good team. Sean Venom yeah. and Jake Rodkin, they uh turned the ship around at Telltale, like they were the leads behind Walking Dead season one. Yeah. Which one game of the year in a lot of places, and again put Telltale back on the map. Um, and then they left. And Firewatch was an incredible debut indie that mm-hmm. uh, people loved. Had an amazing visual aesthetic with Oli Moss. Well. Sold well. Um, and so maybe they say see a similar thing in this. But honestly, maybe like maybe they did talk about like, would you guys want to lead up a Half Life game? Would you guys want to lead <laughs> up a, something in the Half Life universe? Like maybe stick to your what they want to do in terms of you know narrative based exploration adventure games.
3: Firewatch two, never Firewatch three. Never, the yeah, that's that's a thing is you can never yeah. do that.
1: But like maybe they're going to do something in the portal universe that is a walking simulator. I don't know.
3: Technically portal is a walking simulator.
1: But it's also a uh, v- a vooping simulator. You, <laughs> you, 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 you definitely do, vo- you do. Vo- Yeah, you do yeah. that's the verb. Don't like you do that. lots of voops. I don't like that word. Well, either. voops no. when you go into the blue one is. got to stop saying that word. It's hoops when you come out the orange one. Is that true? Yeah. Is that what they call it? That's what Gabe said. All right. Um, So yeah, we know know that we have uh, two Valve games on the horizon with uh, uh, the Valley of Gods as well as Artifact, which is the Dota card game, which are two things that Miranda cares about. Maybe maybe Gabe Newell just really wanted people to
2: shut up saying that Valve doesn't make games anymore. I
3: honestly think (laughs) my my guess here is like I want to understand the business behind it. I want to ask Gabe. Why? Like from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I'm wondering if maybe it's just the dude's passionate and just wants to start yeah. doing it again. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like, I really appreciate this team of very talented people who made something that was both critically and commercially successful. And I I want to walk around them. Yeah. It yeah. could be know. as simple I, as that. I, also,
2: sorry, I 100% believe there is a certain bit of it that is the passion the legacy of yeah. looking at Valve you know, years down the line. It doesn't hurt the companies who have also put out games that are beloved as well as just selling games. Also, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. If I was ever filthy rich like that, I would totally want to throw money at things that I thought were cool. Yeah. And creators he that hasn't I totally done for trust. A long, yeah. Ever really? Yeah. <laughs> like
3: he's never really done that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I guess Bold yeah. yeah. oh, But
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I hey, think
4: the, the good news here is that this isn't like this isn't a hostile takeover or something
1: like
2: that. No, You know, yeah. this, it this sounded like they were them. like, yeah. and they didn't yeah. do
1: this because they were like itching for money. Yeah. Like you said, the movies in development, yeah. like they I have a nice office. They had a nice office. Well, now yeah. they probably have, a nicer, they have office. a nicer office. Yeah. yeah
2: I mean, a development won't be affected in a negative way. I assume it can only be affected. In
3: a well, except
1: they're probably going to like have to take like a week or two off to yeah. move.
3: Now they have just money printed for them. They're exactly. fine. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting. That
1: Valve actually has a mint underneath it. Mm, really? May as well. Not the mint, like, the,
4: yeah. not like a sweet, like, like a, a, a candy. A also, candy. I, I imagine they're going to get really great front page promotion on for Steam sure. yeah. when, yeah. That, when yeah. this rolls out. I yeah. mean, that's, that seems like,
3: yeah. You know, it could be similar to the Netflix thing where uh, I read recently that Netflix isn't, particularly profitable at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, That all of the money that they spend on UIP is to get more people in in the hopes that they will be profitable. Mm -hmm. But right now they aren't really. And it could be the same thing as, like, obviously Steam is hugely profitable, (laughs) but it's the same thing where it's like, well, we want to make sure people stay on this platform, have platform exclusivity. Like, does that mean that the game is not coming to other platforms, though? Does that mean it's PC exclusive?
4: I mean, I... I hope not because I, I,
2: I think the game is still gonna come out on other systems I think, yeah, like I yeah. Said. but who knows what their future games are yeah. going to be on yeah I, I think it is there is a certain extent of what Netflix does in creating so much original content is also in the future when they lose licensing deals mm-hmm. maybe they lose 50 movies but they made another 50 another hundred right. yeah. you yeah just say well we have the numbers no, we still like, have like I said yeah. like if,
4: if they if this was a hostile takeover situation and they're like this is a steam yeah. game only now and like yeah. the I don't know the good guy Gabe Newell meme goes away <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I think that totally. sucks for everybody especially this show that just spent 15 minutes <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I'll just be really cur- curious if this is an anomaly mm. or if they or if so this is the start of something different yeah, if it's yeah. the
3: start of something it makes more sense yes right now yeah. I'm like
2: yeah. yeah no as a solitary move it is odd yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Agree with yeah. You, but
1: yeah. if like all of a sudden they announce like oh we bought the creators of Outlast and then we bought Fulbright you're like yeah. oh, oh we bought Capybara okay. yeah exactly yeah. Oh. does that and mean Below is blo- coming
3: out Are making games now
1: Below is already out you didn't know it oh yeah Frog Fractions speaking of games that probably aren't going to be out for a while Uh, We got a small update for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I put this in here just because... Everyone cares about this, but this was very dumb. I care about this. Uh, good. Okay. Uh, so there was a job listing that went up. Uh, Gamatsu did the translation, but they were hiring a uh, combat programmer, or combat planner, and a uh, battle planner. I don't know what the difference between the two of those are. Oh, so, that, so that
3: means it's so early on. It means it's so <laughs> early on.
1: Uh, but the description said 1997. With dedicated fans uh, and the like, even now, 20 years after release, it's no exaggeration to say that Final Fantasy VII, which boasts over 11 million total shipments and download sales in the worldwide market, is a masterpiece of a series beloved by fans all over the world. And now we have announced the release of Final Fantasy VII Remake due to the huge reaction, we are aiming for nothing less than a, quote, new creation, end quote, and not limited to a simple remake. Uh, it should be noted that this is an internal production. After 20 years, the staff behind the original Final Fantasy VII, who are top rankers in the industry even now, are reuniting. It's a project to create, quote, a title that surpasses the original, end quote, and is starting full scale.
2: So any of the work done outside the studio doesn't exist anymore?
1: <laughs> so that's the thing, is when this was originally revealed, which is some of the footage you're seeing now, uh, CyberConnect was working on it, who are known for making Naruto games, and uh, they worked on the uh, 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 what's Wrath of Basura, or... What was it? Or Wrath of. Wrath. Is Wrath, Wrath. of Basura's yeah. Wrath of the Garbage. Yeah, I was going to say, Basura's Did <laughs> <But> I just editorialize <laughs> <laughs> that? But before we get I into this, I used to call that game Basura's <laughs> Wrath. Can we just
3: talk about how they boast over 11 million total shipments, and that's like 10% of what GTA 5 has shipped? GTA 90. You're yeah. like, oh, 11 million. Then I'm like, oh, wait. That's not even that much. And this is like, y- you would think it's one of the most popular games ever made. It's 20 years old. Not yeah. even that
1: much. People were very 20. mad when we put it at 99 on our top 100 list. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. But one one thing uh, – yeah, by saying that it's a uh, – what was their words? A, quote, new creation and not a simple remake, I think that was sort of obvious. Again, if you're watching the video right now, the footage, this is a 20-year-old game where the characters are weird, fat – chibi men and women, uh, yeah. and when you go into battle, they become a little bit more realistic. So you would imagine this is going to look a lot more like Final Fantasy fifteen, clearly than like a traditional. That footage movie. is
4: also what three, two and a half years old, three y- years, yeah. years old yeah. at this yeah. point. Old, yeah, yeah. Um, and then be- between then and now, we found out the game is episodic, then we stopped hearing about. Surely it's
3: not episodic. I go it still. Who knows? It's, it's still? Who it's knows yeah. like Final Fantasy fifteen. Um,
4: it's it's it is weird that uh, I, I, unless a bunch of people just bounced. That it's it's weird they're doing they're hiring for I don't know battles like that's kind of a big deal. Do you think the game's gonna have combat? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I mean that's that's like if in 2015 or 2016, like I don't know, God of War was like we're looking for an axe guy. If anyone knows anything (laughs) about axes, now's the time. This is (laughs) your game. It's like you don't have the axe stuff down, man. Like
2: it's
1: gonna be a problem.
4: pencils
2: down man like <laughs> be, be like this week uh insomniac's looking for someone to do the web swing yeah and I'm like, hey, we're anyone really getting into webs yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody ever been in new york
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. um we gotta build it yeah i'm 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 not i won't say i'm worried about this one i'm on uh, oh you are this, this makes me excited about I'm it. yeah if they
3: I'm, wait another four years and give me a final fantasy 15 style final fantasy 7 on board sure yeah I'm no here.
4: that sounds fantastic uh and i think if you look at the sales numbers on 15 and the way that rolled out, like that, it seemed like an insane business proposition to work on a game like that for 35 years and then put it out. But they've made their money back. Well, they've they also sprung out all these different sort of like still
3: servicing. It. It's like the yeah, game's still like a game as By, game. it's on it's iPhone. There's the like
1: team that team VR board. offshoot. There's all this stuff yeah, that came. It's from like it. almost. For all intents and purposes, ultimately an episodic game, except that the first episode was front loaded, yeah. and then since then we've gotten four different episodic things. We're getting a bunch of different sort of new endings. Uh, the yeah, entire multiplayer I'm mode the concept
3: of episodic, if it's in one open world that I have from the start, but I don't yeah. know how they do that in Final Fantasy VII, but legit this, the a new creation rather than a remake, and them hiring people to work on the mechanics of. of combat effectively makes me yep. excited not worried that right. makes me like all right give me right. something completely different yeah. i love this story and i like the characters also i didn't like playing the game that much so it's like if you give me all of the stuff that i liked in a bigger more grand package i'm on
1: mm-hmm. Board. Mm-hmm.
2: also with them saying internal production if that's what the translation fully says like that shows that there's a level of care to it going in that i don't think like even if the third-party studio is great it, there's still a disconnect yeah. there. Whereas yeah. having right. original people who worked on it and having it be this thing within Square, I think, reassures
1: mm-hmm. yeah. the the me. The thing I'm curious about is, so we know Tabata, who directed Final Fantasy 15, is no longer working on Final Fantasy 15. He's on to his next project. And he was brought into that to sort of finish it. The game, after seven years after Versus 13, he came aboard and he shipped the game. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious if he gets put on this next.
3: I thought it was said that he's not working on a Final Fantasy right now.
1: Oh, I hundred percent think he's either working on this, the rumored Type One, or just whatever Final Fantasy Sixteen is. Mm. Mm. Like, I think at this point, like they're like, you were able to do the thing other people couldn't do. Right. Please do it again.
3: Also, this one might also be a tiny development cycle because if they have that, you know, that's unheard of in the industry. Virtually, it's usually. Three ish, yeah. Like it, and maybe they're like, "Well, it worked for fifteen, so why can't yeah. we do it?"
2: Yeah, yeah. You, that it worked. Do you guys think we'll see it this generation? Then, like, knowing how early on it is, is this something I, we see within? I this hope gem? not. Yeah, like I don't want it to be rushed. So thing.
4: I guess the question is, waiting. why did we see it? already like why why so the same so by
2: the way this
3: sounds it was that they intended to release it and then we're like oh people are way more excited than we thought and mm. then had to scale back and we're like mm. no we re- we really need to redo this so it's like i think they readjusted plans based on the reception
4: i think they rescoped the entire project right. yeah. yeah like i think they probably looked at it and said like well i think like 15 came out and they're like let's let's go in that direction more rather than just a straight up remake but i yeah, I don't know. It, it it's it's weird because we see remakes happen all the time and remasters all the time right now. We I mean, we got Shadow of the Colossus just recently. It's it's it happens a lot. <laughs> uh and that had just enough added to it where it felt like, you know, you guys you polished some of the stuff that was rough around the edges, you added some stuff that some people were 50/50 on, but mostly like that is that is kind of just a remake. This is this is a, a effectively a brand new game built from <laughs> the ground up. Um and to me it seems like they showed their hand a little early on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. which Square does.
4: Yeah. They did with Kingdom Hearts 3
1: with Versus 13. It's true. Um, yeah. That is so true. They have a history of that. Yeah. And it usually pays with... off for them. So. Yeah. Definitely did with Kingdom Hearts 3. People
3: also are <laughs> we'll find still super too. excited about Kingdom Hearts 3, though. Yeah, yes, We a are. lot of devs can get away with that, right?
1: <laughs> You're People. on the wrong camera, <laughs> Person. <Hello>. Person.
3: <laughs> Tim. Hi. I'm excited yes. about that game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's somewhere. like, no, it, there's so many things that they release too early that you get. Round on, but KH3 yeah. is not that. Like, yeah. Still
2: like, oh. Well, and they, they sort of limited the drip of information on that game at least early on. Like they had the premiere trailer and then kind of stopped for a bit. And only recently, in the last like, year or two, have they done a trailer at every big convention. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. honestly, to me, two games recently that have got it right in terms of when we show it and when it comes out were God of War and then, assuming it doesn't get delayed, Spider Man. Yeah. Because those were both yeah. revealed last year, at e- or I guess E3 2016. And then we saw bigger things at E3 2017. And both of them were out in 2018.
4: It is so incredibly sort of relieving and and delightful to sit down and play a video game and say to yourself like, "Oh man, I don't know a lot about this. Bethesda is like, so good at that. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. is incredible. It Which is incredible. it's it's so odd because we are in, and a lot of it is like where we you know we just the, this medium. The world. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you already have your ear to the street more than most people who just go out and buy, walk into the store, and they're like, "What's good for the PlayStation?" And some guys like this trash, and they go going with some garbage. <laughs> Basura's wrath. Yeah, Basura's <laughs> wrath. Um, and so we're all you know we click on everything, we watch our video and all that kind of, we watch every E3 press conference, I consume it all. But I feel like something like God of War was kind of perfect because I knew a lot going in, but I realized I didn't know anything until I, I really started digging So,
3: uh, I would say I'm one of the three biggest God of War fans in the office, and interestingly enough all three of us, which is also Megan Sullivan and Mitchell Saltzman, they have similar initials. Uh, <laughs> the same. Uh, we were not excited about it. The three of us yeah. were apprehensive about it because the game didn't show Any of the things that I'm glad I hadn't seen now, but it was a weird marketing cycle, and then I was like, "Is this really a God of War game? Is the combat going to be satisfying?" And they couldn't show off the cool stuff, and I get that now, but during that marketing cycle, I was unimpressed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then I like started hearing like you'd played it, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds incredible!" And then I played it, and I was like, "No, it's incredible."
2: Yeah, Yeah. and that (laughs) that cycle too, at least the time-wise of it for me feels sort of like the limit for what I would want of a game, like that two and a half-ish two-year. I
3: think Horizon Zero Dawn was a little too much marketing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can definitely happen. I the you were saying sort of Bethesda. They do the short tail so well mm-hmm. too. They right. do. Hey, it's out in six months. I Enjoy. think Nintendo does a pretty good job as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, Lately, I think at
4: you, least, you you probably you get like what two E E3s tops mm-hmm. before yeah. it starts getting to a point where it's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's something like Days Gone. Like I I think there's going to be a lot of delight and surprise in that game, but we've also been seeing it for a long time, and I have a sort of I have a very strong understanding of how that game will sort of roll out compared to something like God of War or Spider-Man which I feel like we've seen almost nothing of and I'm just as excited for them so it's it's difficult because you have to drum up excitement and support and at the same time less is more sometimes think about
3: how Red Dead did it we've seen some screenshots right Mm -hmm. Two two brief trailers. chunks Yep. that's it yeah. and everyone's like game of the year already yep. Yeah, gonna outsell everything else ever yeah. I mean even
4: even GTA I remember when GTA 5 I was working here during that rollout the helicopter yeah uh, Rockstar <laughs> would wake up one day and be like here's one screenshot and people would be like oh my god and no one
3: can you remember they changed their logo to red on Twitter yeah. and everyone was
2: like oh! uh, I, yeah. think,
4: I think with those things it's like we have it's a known quantity right like yeah. we, we know Rockstar we know what they're capable of with Red Dead I have I have this massive idea of what it's gonna be like because because I played Red Dead, yeah. I played GTA Five. I know, I know what that's going to look and feel like. I you ha- had
3: a said Gorilla's game would yeah. be what they made. I wouldn't be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. The Seriously, more like is more or like what they got, they got or like you know what, what the new Spider-Man games like. Yeah. I mean, all even we can piece acts,
3: together, like a great studio has made incredible stuff. Yes, but if you will, like, the, I, I guess no. The minute I heard they were making a Spider-Man game, I was sold. Mm-hmm. To be
1: yeah. fair, but there's yeah, also the sold. weird way to sell a game of like Death Stranding. Where we've seen three giant chunks over the last three right, those years, are just short films. and I'm still yeah. like, what? What are you? Just short. Yeah. films. What do I do with just my obscure yeah, short? Films. What do you do with your hands? In the game? I, yeah, <laughs>
4: I don't know what my moment to moment is in Death Stranding, and that's like really interesting to me. I don't I even
3: care if that short game's short bad as long as I keep getting short films. <laughs> <Yeah>. Me too. <laughs> the game could be bad and you'd be like, just keep churning these out. They're yeah. amazing. <laughs> I
4: mean, if if the games. Bad but
1: weird and interesting. Yeah. Then I think that's that's, that's why Deadly Premonition is my favorite way. video game. I was mm-hmm. I was talking to someone like a couple weeks ago, and they were like, we were talking about Death Stranding, and they were like, "Isn't like the, the the baby the health bar?" And I was like, "I'm pretty sure Brian said that on the That's a joke, yeah. but <laughs> that might be true." <laughs> I said that as a joke. Oh, I said it as a joke
3: like I a year ago. I think the baby ago. is Norman Reedus.
4: Yeah, Norman Fetus, Yeah,
3: yeah, and he has to keep it alive to keep himself alive to like save some kind of time loop. That's that's
4: that's that's not that's so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll yeah. see.
4: What
1: if your baby comes out and does this? A thumbs up? I found yeah. a photo of I'll me as a proud child father. doing that exact pose, actually. Yeah.
2: It, you? Yeah. You are I'm Norman the baby. Fetus? So I, I have a big announcement to make. I am the fetus <laughs> in Death They did more for it. you. I have a
4: big announcement. I am the fetus.
1: <laughs> I am the one who it's fetuses. It's my sequel to
2: the Beatles, I am the walrus. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> uh i don't
1: know i don't know how you get out of that uh (laughs) our last story of the day uh in a jason schreier report that uh there's been some drama at hangar 13 on a mafia 4 and another game that was in development and sort of just projects being canceled and people leaving uh there was a little bit uh sort of embedded in the end of it that there is a secret studio up in marin uh that has very few people and no one really knows what's going on with it but they're uh codenamed parkside and they're within 2k marin and hangar and uh they are working on the next bioshock game On the quotes were, a quote, if anyone from Hangar 13 tried to strike up a conversation with those of us at the studio, they'd say, oh, we can't really talk about it. Uh, It was all very tight-lipped, and the issue is that they don't have a lot of people. Uh, They said that they are trying to be really smart about figuring out what this core thing is. Okay, so the Take-Two CEO, Strauss Zelnick, has said before that he considers Bioshock to be like a a core franchise that they Mm -hmm. want to revisit. Even though it's pretty clear that it's not with Ken Levine, who's at Ghost Story Games working on their own the narrative lego whatever that is the thing that they've been talking about for a couple of years um i just, i like narrative <laughs> yeah LEGO, those that are those cool. are what Li- Labo is right yeah basically yeah. yeah um so if we are getting a new bioshock from 2k marin is that something we want or is it something that we just don't want a new bioshock
3: so everyone's gonna yell at me today for everything i'm that's saying. that's why i put no for you no i don't want it um, my stance on that is if Ken Levine is not making it, then I don't want it. But even with Bioshock Infinite, he didn't get to make the game that he wanted because 2K made him change the core concept. If you if you hear him talking about that game before it came out and then what came out, it's like, I just, I just don't trust this at all. Like, I love Bioshock a lot. That first mm-hmm. game is absolutely incredible and I understand what Infinite does well and, and how many games have been shaped by it, but I'm at a point where... I don't feel like I need any more if it's not under the right circumstances. And I don't think this is. It's also that Take Two is has a stance where they will not chip a game without microtransactions at this point. Mm. Um it's going to have microtransactions no matter what. And it's like I just I it, I'm worried it's a cash go.
4: Um I would be completely for like a just very, very, very stark reimagining of what this series is entirely. Um I think that it, it lost its way. Uh, I think it lost its way by the second one, honestly. because
3: But that wasn't Ken either.
4: No, no, no. But I mean, it's still, for all intents and purposes, anyone who went to a video game store and bought the game that said Bioshock 2 on it. Um, Went home and played a game that was like mostly meandering and repetitive. Felt like a DLC. Yeah, and it, it had a lot of good stuff in it. And I finished that game, and I actually I like enjoyed the ending it. a lot. Yeah, me too. I actually love the ending, um, especially the bad endings. Yeah, yeah really cool. Um, but I think that like the uh, the idea that like it's it's a futuristic city gone awry where there are good guys and bad guys, uh, and some of them are robotic in some weird way. Mm-hmm. I think there's something cool to that. I mm-hmm. I think the like the Buying drugs from the vending machine thing and fighting like um, 1950s back. <laughs> so that's the thing is like when when this game first came out, um, there was nothing like it, and mm-hmm. we've had what feels like ten games since then that have kind of explored that same sort of fe- like not necessarily like narrative, but that era yeah. in different mm-hmm. ways. Where um, I just feel like we've gone into that time period a lot, and I would like to see this take a more sort of Assassin's Creed approach where you go, what is, you ask the questions like the way Ryan Johnson is asking questions about Star Wars, where he's like, what is Star Wars? I'm going to go write a new trilogy. You know, George Lucas isn't making it. J.J. Abrams isn't making it. What is this? And I know a lot of you are very angry that I said that man's name right now. Uh, I'm sorry.
3: Hey, I said I didn't want a Westworld season two or a new Bioshock. Well, adorable. you know, you, let's, well,
4: you I and I can it. share the hate this, this week. Yeah. Uh, follow us on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, so, no, I, I think if someone comes into this and goes, okay, the original people aren't working on this, But conceptually, like I love this idea. I I think this is a great place to sort of develop like a a fun video game where you have awesome powers and you fight horrifying things, and Mm -hmm. it brings beauty and terror and fear all into one place. And it's uh, a good place gone awry. You take those themes, you bring in this like chilling music, you get the full orchestra and everything. You're absolutely right. You make a really good point. Yeah, refreshing the thing is a good concept.
3: I'm. I think if you make if you
4: make Bioshock Four like. You kind of suck because I think if you just go in and you're like, "Here's the sequel to two or three, or here's the next step in those stories, and then this time it's in a forest mm-hmm. or you know, yeah, I in have space.
2: I have no doubt that like, two K could find the gameplay people to make a solid playing." Bioshock shooter and with the plasmids and everything. My concern would be, I'm sort of mixed of it because I love Bioshock so much and really do want more of that universe, but for me what matters is telling that story of a city gone awry, whatever sort of generation they want to put it in, but also so much of it to me is like the nature of storytelling Mm -hmm. is embedded in those games, whether Mm. it's the twist in the first Bioshock or the end of Bioshock Infinite and things in... Exactly. Like there's so much on the commentary of just telling stories and how that process. Mm -hmm. and To me that's a core thing to say as part of a Bioshock game. And I don't, I don't know what there is to say for, well, I need to know what the person behind that is saying. Yeah. If that's interesting.
1: My, my hope for a thing like this is that they're taking the approach that Capcom did with Resident Evil seven. Where That'd it's be like great. throw the baby out with the bathwater and start right. a new. and then like you said, maybe go like what is the what are the core tenets of Resident Evil? Right. And I feel like those are there in Resident Evil Seven, but it looks and yes. plays so different from yeah. what Resident yeah, Evil is.
3: There are some things that I do want more of. Like they can keep making Resident Evil games as like what Resident Evil is, but completely different in that way, mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. But like I didn't want Mass Effect Andromeda because I yeah. was like I'm good on Mass Effect. Mm. Like, before that game even came out, I was like I don't want this, and yeah. I, I I don't know. Um, I guess it's always just a Resident Evil doesn't feel like it has to be finished at any point. Mm -hmm. I guess Bioshock doesn't either, but point being is just that it gets to a point where I worry about it being a cash grab and then like retroactively hurting my impression of a friend. Yeah, and sure.
1: Resident Evil wasn't as associated with Shinji Mikami as Bioshock is with Ken or like something like, I don't know how I'd feel if they were like, oh, a new team at Konami is making a new core Metal Gear game. I'd be like, Ooh, I don't want that. Nope, only one person can that, do that. I, that, I like, think that's up. exactly
3: how I would feel about it. It's like, yeah, no but me another
1: Metal Gear my game. thing with this is that, like, my favorite Bioshock thing is Minerva's Den. And that right. was who went on to become Fulbright Company. So, like, yeah. a non Ken Levine led team can make an incredible story in a city gone awry.
4: We're also, I mean, yeah. we're talking about a lot of franchises that uh, had kind of gone south or have had stepped in the wrong direction fatigued us <laughs> stuff like mass effect resident evil um i i would say even god of war right yeah. which is yeah. another yeah. one yeah with mean, assassin's yeah. creed yeah. got
3: to that point for me too where i was Absolutely. like mm-hmm. stop making these please, yeah. and then origins is incredible
4: I, I would argue that like uh bioshock infinite or bioshock yeah bioshock infinite effectively brought the, the franchise to a good place left on a high note i mean there's a this game has some issues, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Digging through A lot of people love for it. Pineapples. I
3: way prefer the first, but a lot of people love it. Of course. It yeah.
4: I'm, I'm totally with you. I actually like, I love, love, love the setting of Infinite. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel yeah. like, and I it's love, so I, lo- I think about the ending a lot. And all the corners. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think
2: about the beginning and end of that game, me too. especially the not the middle, sure. which I think is a product of the fraught development of it. Yes. Yeah. Having yeah. someone else, Rod Ferguson, to come yeah. in and finish the yeah. game. There, it went on for years. Yeah. Like, there were yeah. clearly problems that. And so I. And Ken didn't get to make the game that he really wanted to make, seemingly.
4: And so, like, all all parties involved in that are gone. Um, with Resident Evil, it was sort of just like, you guys got to fix this. Like, this, who is this for anymore? Yeah. It was like half for people who wanted the original, half for people who wanted Resident Evil 4, and half for people who wanted Call of Duty. Yeah. And I realize that's three halves, but I didn't go to math school. <laughs> it's
3: it's kind of, if it's in reboot territory, then I, I think you're right. You like totally have effectively changed my mind during this conversation, Brian. And that um, if it's, you know, if they had have said God of War 4 and it was going to take place in the same world, I would have been like, I don't think I need any more from that universe. Yes. But then making it God of War made it different. I feel mm. the same way about Dead Space. I don't mm-hmm. want a Dead Space 4, but yep. if you give me a new Dead Space, then it's different. So yeah. if they do give it a, not a Bioshock,
1: 4, three, yeah, 3, 2, 4, no, I think it'd be 4. four.
3: <laughs> then I would be so like, like no, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> Reboot it, like have it separate from the law, like yeah. different universe. Then well, yeah. maybe it's like, been long LOL. enough.
1: It will have been, even if this gets announced this year, it'll have
4: been five years. We've all been, probably won't. we've all been like gushing about God of War for a couple of weeks, publicly on social media and stuff like that. And one of the biggest questions I get frequently, I'm sure you've all gotten it is, uh, I didn't play the first three. Do I have to? And I can triumphantly say, no, oh, yeah. jump into this one. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. Um, it's kind of difficult, uh, especially with the, the way our medium pushes back, right? Video games kill you and they push you away and they stop you from playing them. And they're hard to, they're hard to get sometimes. Like it's hard to play mm-hmm. old video games on new platforms. It's nice when you can come into a story fresh and appreciate it. And if there's little tendrils there that reach back into the past, then cool. But um, I would love for a new generation to step in and experience what is Bioshock all over again. And I don't think I know what that looks like, but that's not my job to solve. (laughs) I'm just a dumb man that says I like things or don't like things. Thumbs up. I
3: guess I'm nervous about it, but I would say that it's probably healthy to be nervous about almost anything, especially a a beloved franchise like Bioshock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, my reaction to this one has also been so many people being like, Oh my God, did you hear there's a new Bioshock being made? I'm so excited. And I'm like hold the phone you yeah. d- don't be yeah. then it's better <laughs> if you're not excited you're better off
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean i feel like that's Cautious a good life optimism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it Emperor is expectations yeah. yeah well there you have it we did a full episode i'm proud of all of us mm-hmm. uh you can find us all uh on twitter brian is at agent bizzle uh jonathan's at jam Dornbush, uh is at Charles art and i am at mcbigety uh you can find us all on various ign shows including uh unlocked nvc up at noon all right I think yeah, I think yeah, those, are yeah. those are the yeah. three of them. those are three. Fireteam Chat wouldn't yeah. would never invite any of us, so that's fine. I love that game that they yeah. cover there. What is it? <laughs> uh, Roblox. It really, <laughs> Roblox. <I'm> just joking. <laughs> Uh Thank you all so much. Uh, this was Beyond Episode 540. Remember, at the end of this week, you can check out a spoiler cast with uh, or gotta war spoiler cast with Corey. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Bye. Beyond.
4: Oh, nice. We did was, it.
1: Weird. That was wonderful. That was weird. Yeah.
2: Sweet.